Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the authors and participants and do not necessarily represent those of iHeartMedia, Stuff Media, or its employees. Listener discretion is advised. From iHeartRadio and Tenderfoot TV, Monster presents Insomniac. I'm Scott Benjamin. And everything I'm about to tell you is real. This is Insomniac. It was now the early 1970s. Donald Henry Peewee Gaskins Jr. was still killing for recreation to satisfy his bothersome urges. But now he had moved on to something new. In addition to his recreational kills, Peewee was now committing a different type of murder altogether. He was killing people he knew, or even those that were related to him, for personal reasons. He called these his serious murders, and he handled them in an entirely different way. Pee-wee was known to keep his coastal kills alive for an extended period of time. In fact, keeping them alive as long as possible 
cruelly torturing them in a variety of ways before killing them. He would mutilate, stab, suffocate, and, according to Gaskins, would even eat some of his victims. You'll find graphic descriptions of these acts in his autobiography, Final Truth. By 1975, at age 42, Pee Wee claimed to have killed over 80 young girls and boys he found along the Carolina highways, and that number was still growing. His first serious murder victims were taken in November of 1970. His niece, 15-year-old Janice Kirby, and her friend, 17-year-old Patricia Ann Alsbrook, both of Sumter, South Carolina. He was angry with them for attempting to run away from home. And when he found them, both girls were high on some sort of drug or possibly drunk. He offered the two girls a ride home from the bar where he found them, but instead drove them to an abandoned tenant house. There, he raped, beat, and drowned the girls in separate locations. Typically, there was no torture or mutilation involved in his serious murders. Instead, Gaskins would typically shoot his victims and then bury the bodies around South Carolina's coastal areas. In the years to follow, his other serious murder victims would be killed for a variety of reasons. If anyone mocked Pee-wee, he'd kill them. If anyone attempted to blackmail him, he'd kill them. If someone owed him money, or if they stole from him, that was another reason to kill. It was also known among others in town, particularly his criminal associates, that Pee-wee could be paid to kill someone. In the year 1982, Pee-wee Gaskins pulled off what many thought to be an impossible murder. Another inmate on death row, named Pop, told Pee-wee that there was a man on the outside that had good money and good connections, and he wanted a romance shanked. His name was Tony Simo, and he was looking for revenge. The Roman was Rudolph Tyner, and he had killed both of Simo's parents during a holdup of a little store they owned. Tyner was caught on the scene and sentenced to death by electric chair in the state of South Carolina. Simo was tired of waiting for Tyner's many appeals to be heard, or the possibility of a sentence being overturned or commuted to life, so he decided to hire a man on the inside, another death row inmate, to kill Tyner as soon as possible. And that's how Tony Simo was introduced to Pee Wee Gaskins. Because security was so tight, and the condemned inmates were kept in solitary confinement, a death row murder by another inmate was virtually impossible. So this one would take a lot of planning and time to lay the groundwork. Pee-wee studied his prey by getting his hands on Tyner's prison file and finding out from the kitchen trustees what kind of foods and drinks Tyner ordered. He then started to gain Tyner's trust by having drugs delivered to his cell. Marijuana, heroin, pills of all kinds. Whatever he could get his hands on. That progressed to visits with Tyner. Since Pee-wee could repair almost anything, he was initially asked to repair a leaking pipe in Tyner's cell, and the two began a conversation. After that, 
Tyner would intentionally break the pipe over and over just so he and Pee-wee could talk while the repairs were made. The two even discovered they could talk between their cells via a shared heating duct. Once he had gained Tyner's trust, Pee-wee began to put his plan into action. He made several attempts to kill Tyner by slipping poison into his food and drinks whenever he had the opportunity. Poison provided by Tony Simo. The poison, which Simo described as strong enough to kill a horse, was not enough to take down Tyner. After five failed attempts, with each one of them merely making Tyner ill, but not even sick enough to be sent to the infirmary, Pee-wee had enough of the poison and told Tony Simo that he needed something stronger. He needed explosives. Tony Simo was able to smuggle in, or to have smuggled in for him, everything Pee-wee needed. A piece of C4 plastic explosive, about the size of a baseball, a length of electrical wire, and screw connectors and plugs he needed to set it off. All of this was brought in piece by piece and delivered to Pee-wee in his cell. He claimed he had help from prison officials to make this happen, but that was never proven. On his next visit to Tyner's cell, Pee-wee told him that he had found a way that they could communicate easier between their cells. He would rig up an electric homemade telephone using speakers made of plastic cups from the mess hall, similar to the ones made by kids using tin cans and string. But instead of making a speaker, Pee-wee stuffed the bottom of the cup with the explosive, covered it with speaker cloth, and had it delivered to Tyner. Pee-wee then lowered the power cord through the shared heating duct into Tyner's cell and instructed him to connect the two wires to the screws in the bottom of the cup. The two had earlier planned a specific time to test the communication device, where Tyner would say loud and clear into the speaker, This is Tyner. Over to you and then put the device up to his ear to hear the response. At the agreed-upon time, Pee-wee listened through the ductwork for Tyner to say the phrase. Pee-wee waited just long enough for Tyner to move the cup to his ear, and he plugged in his end of the power cord. The explosion shook the entire cell block. Pee-wee then pulled the end of the power cord back into his own cell, coiled it up under his mattress to dispose of later, and then joined the rest of the inmates on the tier, asking what had just happened. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, 
Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Tyner was dead. There was no doubt about that but Pee-wee didn't get to see the gory result of his efforts, at least not on that day. At his resulting trial, Pee-wee was able to see the crime scene photos of Tyner's body in his cell. As Pee-wee said in his book, there was bits and pieces of him stuck all over the walls and ceiling and floor. Pee-wee had accomplished the impossible, the murder of another death row inmate, and he'd gone about it in a way that no one ever imagined he could. The jury handed down a guilty verdict for Pee-wee, and for Tony Simo, too. Pee-wee was given the death penalty, and Simo received a sentence for 25 years in prison, but was eligible for parole after just 30 months. Pee-wee didn't feel justice was properly served in his case. Instead of being sentenced to die in the electric chair, Pee-wee said that he felt he should have been paid for killing Tyner. As he put it, for doing the state's job, since they was going to murder him themselves if I hadn't got to him first. Following the November 1970 murder of his niece and her friend, Gaskin's next serious murder was a 20-year-old named Martha Dix. Pee-wee had discovered she was the one who had sold his niece the drugs. Dix was attracted to Pee-wee and often hung around him at his part-time job at a car repair shop. But apparently... Pee-wee didn't feel the same attraction. He killed her with the strong dose of acid he had stolen from a photographer. He poured it into her Coca-Cola, and she unknowingly ingested the fatal dose. The acid worked fast, and she died a relatively quick but painful death right in front of him. In 1973, another young woman who considered Gaskins a friend was 23-year-old Doreen Dempsey, Doreen was a mother of a two-year-old baby girl named Robin Michelle, and she was pregnant with a second child at the time. She felt comfortable enough around Pee-wee to accept a ride to the bus station. After all, Pee-wee was an old friend. Instead, Gaskins drove her to a secluded, wooded area, 
raped and killed her in the backseat of his hearse, and then raped and sodomized two-year-old Robin Michelle before killing her too. Pee-wee provided a graphic description of this pair of rapes and murders in his book, and the details are just as horrific as you might imagine. Again, this book isn't for everyone. At the time, no one suspected Pee-wee Gaskins was capable of such sadistic killings. But word was getting around about Pee-wee, and there were a few people in town who knew that he would do it, if the price was right. In 1975, a year that Pee-wee would later call his killingest year, Gaskins got a little careless and murdered three people whose van had broken down on the side of the highway. Gaskins suddenly found himself in need of a favor. He needed help getting rid of the trio's van, and he enlisted the help of an ex-con, Walter Neely. Neely and Gaskins went about their own criminal business, but would occasionally help out each other if they were in need of some sort of assistance disposing of stolen cars, stolen goods, and, occasionally, bodies. Also in 1975, Pee-wee was hired by Suzanne Kipper Owens to kill a man by the name of Silas Barnwell Yates. He was her ex-boyfriend. Yates was a wealthy farmer in Florence County, South Carolina. Gaskins and a pair of accomplices were successful in kidnapping and murdering Yates and he collected the $1,500 Susan Owens had promised him. But things went wrong soon after, and Pee-wee realized that he had to kill two additional people to cover up the Yates murder. His accomplices were 29-year-old Diane Neely and 35-year-old Avery Howard. Diane Neely was the wife of Walter Neely, and she and Howard, an ex-con, were having an affair. The pair attempted to blackmail Gaskins for $5,000 in hush money after assisting in the abduction and murder of Silas Yates. The two were quickly killed by Gaskins after they agreed to meet Pee-wee at the payoff location. In the meantime, Gaskins was busy killing and torturing more coastal kills as well as other people he knew, including a 13-year-old named Kim Gilkins who sexually rejected him. All leads in the investigation of the disappearance of Kim Gelkins pointed to Gaskins, but there was no body yet, so there was no arrest. The authorities eventually did find evidence implicating Pee-wee, so he was indicted for contributing to the delinquency of a minor and kept in jail until his trial. Walter Neely was also being held, but during that time, he began to speak with a local preacher, and they began to pray together. They prayed for forgiveness, and when Walter Neely was ready to confess his sins to God, he was also ready to speak to the authorities. Neely claimed he saw Gaskins kill two young men, 28-year-old Dennis Bellamy and 15-year-old Johnny Knight. He also said Gaskins told him about other kills, Additional folks that have been reported as missing over the past few years. Neely said he even knew where Gaskins had buried the bodies. Soon after, in December of 1975, Walter Neely followed through on his word and took police out to Prospect, South Carolina, where Pee Wee owned property. 
It was there police found eight more dead bodies. By the time of Pee-wee's scheduled execution, he had been sitting on South Carolina's death row for nearly a decade. In that time, he witnessed a lot of men slowly make their way to the electric chair. And as he waited his own turn, he learned a lot about the process. In fact, he learned everything about the process. The introduction section of Final Truth, Pee-wee's book, shows he knew exactly what to expect on the day he was scheduled to die. According to Pee-wee, this is how his final day would go. First, the warden would move him to a new building called the Capital Punishment Facility, also known as the Death House, and he would be locked in a cell right next to the death chamber, the room that contained the electric chair. While there, he would have 24-hour guard supervision to make sure he didn't attempt to kill himself or take any drugs to help ease the pain of the execution in any way. On the day prior to his execution, he would place an order for his final meal, which Pee-wee thought might be pizza. A strange thought, since he didn't even like pizza, but he was pretty sure he wouldn't be able to eat it anyway. He would be allowed to take a final shower, and that's when the guards would shave his head as well as the calf on his right leg. Then he would be given a clean, new green prison uniform for the occasion. Soon after, the prison chaplain would stop by his cell to speak with him and to see if he had any final confessions to make. Then there was time to write maybe a couple of letters or talk to his daughter on the phone one last time, but the rest of the time would be spent just waiting. Waiting for the time when they would lead him into the death chamber. Around midnight on the night he was to die, in his cell, the paramedics would instruct him to empty his bladder and his bowels, and then they would begin to prepare him for the chair. A rubber band would be tightly wrapped around his penis, and cotton balls would be forced up his rectum so that he didn't urinate and defecate all over himself in the chair when the electricity began flowing through his body. After he was dressed once again, prison guards would lead him into the chamber where they would sit him down in the sturdy old oak chair and secure a leather strap around his waist as well as over his lap and around his wrists and ankles so he wouldn't arch up from the seat as a result of the lethal current. A wet electrode would be taped to his right calf in the place where they had shaved earlier. Two guards would then tilt his head back and strap it in place while a third guard would fit the metal headpiece making adjustments to the wet sponge and the electrode at the top to ensure it's positioned just right to send the first charge of electricity directly to the center of his brain. A black hood would then be positioned over his head so the witnesses couldn't see exactly what happens to his face. When the guard in charge was sure that everything was just right, he would signal the warden, who would then turn the key on the power panel. Three buttons on the panel will light up, but only one of the buttons is wired to actually deliver the death charge. Three men will simultaneously push one button each, and that way none of them knows who actually pushed the button that killed the inmate in the chair. The power sent to the chair is controlled automatically, so it delivers an exact charge for an exact amount of time. The first 
is a five second charge that delivers 2,000 volts at five amps. That's followed by a second surge of 1,000 volts for eight seconds. Here's how Pee Wee describes the moment he would receive the shock. In the first three seconds after the buttons are pushed, my brain will be fried. My eyeballs will explode. The blood of my arteries and veins will boil. Then my lungs and guts will be cooked. And my leg will be charred where the current comes out, like my skull will be charged where it went in. The theory is, I won't feel anything but that first zap. I damn sure hope the theory is right. After a doctor rules Pee-wee dead, the prison official will issue a statement to the press and public to say the sentence was carried out. The guards will then wait until all witnesses have exited the execution chamber before removing the black hood and prying the metal headpiece off of his charred scalp. The next step for Pee-wee's body will be the prison morgue, where he will be subjected to an autopsy to determine the cause of death. As Pee-wee said, like it might could be something besides electrocution. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. 
It was a Sunday night, and it was my first time taking this particular prescription, an extended-release sleeping pill. Turns out, it didn't mix well with my other medication. I lost Monday. I don't remember waking up. I don't remember getting dressed. I certainly don't remember driving. What I do remember is arriving home Monday night, still in a daze, and falling asleep almost immediately on the couch. I lost most of Tuesday, too. It wasn't until after my two-hour commute home that I noticed that the right front of my car was damaged. I don't know when or where, but I had hit something hard. Panic set in immediately. I didn't know if I'd hit another car. That was bad enough. But then the thought came into my head that I might not have hit something, but rather someone. And that really made me worry. I didn't know what I was going to do, or how, or even where to begin searching for whatever, or whoever, I had hit. Unlike my nightmares, it wasn't something I'd imagined. The damage I was looking at was real. By the time I was able to clear my head, it was Wednesday morning. I looked at the missing trim pieces and the scratch bumper and realized they were made by something very abrasive. Bricks or concrete, and probably not another vehicle. But I didn't know for sure. I drove through the parking structure that morning slower than I ever had before searching for a car or truck that had matching damage, a vehicle with a new dent and telltale blue paint scuffs that matched my own. I was ready to write a note of apology to the car's owner and accept blame. And that's when I saw it. As I drove up to my usual level, I saw an all-new mark on the concrete wall ahead, a heavy black scuff mark with dark blue paint streaks on either side. I stopped my car just inches from the wall, the height of the scrape, the color of the paint transfer, it all matched perfectly. This was it, and I felt instant relief knowing that I hadn't hurt anyone else in my confusion. I had simply brushed the wall two days earlier while making a sharp left turn, and I never even realized it. I was lucky this time. Real lucky. The damage to my car is still there, of course. And it's a daily reminder to me that medications aren't the best way out of this mess that I'm in. So what's better? Being exhausted all the time and just dealing with it? Or taking pills to help me sleep and then losing control of my actions while forgetting several days in a row? I stopped taking that medication. It's not worth the risk. Timing is everything and it seemed like Pee Wee was going to dodge a bullet. On April 27, 1976, Pee Wee Gaskins was charged with eight counts of murder, and he was also a suspect in as many as 39 at this point. Just shy of a month later, on May 24, 1976, a jury found both Pee Wee Gaskins and Walter Neely guilty in the murder of a man named Dennis Bellamy, and both were sentenced to death. However, the sentence wouldn't stick, because in November of the same year, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled South Carolina's death penalty as unconstitutional. 
both sentences, were commuted to life in prison. Still technically sitting on death row, but no longer awaiting his date in the electric chair, Pee-wee could have lived out his remaining years in prison. However, in the following year, 1977, the death penalty ruling by the U.S. Supreme Court was reversed, so it was legal once again in the state of South Carolina. At the time, this meant little to the already spared Gaskins. That is, until he was found guilty of murdering fellow death row prisoner Rudolph Tyner in 1982. Well in his cell, and once again awaiting his scheduled execution date, Pee-wee told his life story to a journalist named Wilton Earle, who in turn wrote the condemned man's memoirs, who agreed upon the plan of publishing Pee-wee's book, in his own words, after his execution. At that point in his life, Pee-wee had nothing to lose and nothing to hide. So it's an extremely graphic, unfiltered look back at his entire life, including the neglect, abuse, and countless rapes he endured, as well as the rapes, mutilation, and torture murders he inflicted on others. Pee-wee's book was published a year after his execution on May 1st, 1992. An audio cassette was included with the book when it was initially released and it contained excerpts from some of the interviews the author recorded with Pee-wee in prison. Copies of the original are very rare, but you can still find copies of the recordings online. To hear Pee-wee's nightmarish stories told in his own voice is unsettling, to say the least. I was an evil man. man on the road told me, he said, I don't believe you'd be out six months till you kill somebody, but we're going to give you a blow. Brace yourself, because what's next I don't even like to talk about. It's one of the most horrific stories I've ever encountered. Houston, Texas, in the early 1970s. An especially shocking story of power, manipulation, and brutality. Next time on Insomniac. Insomniac is a production of iHeartRadio and Tenderfoot TV. Written and hosted by Scott Benjamin and produced by Miranda Hawkins, Alex Williams, Matt Frederick, and Josh Thane. Music composed by Makeup and Vanity Set and cover art by Trevor Eiler. Follow on Twitter and Facebook at InsomniacPod, on Instagram at InsomniacPodcast, and at our website, InsomniacPodcast.com. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.